I'll repeat the questions after the person asks them. So the question is, how do you get rid of your kid? The question is that if you do everything right and you save your daughter's life and because of what you've done, she's thriving and she's engaged and she doesn't feel that she can move out on her own as most married people do. And Baruch Hashem, 10 years later, she's not suicidal. She said, I should get up in front of everybody and say... Talk about your success story. Um, Avi's success story. Uh, so I think the question is, how do you undo that? How do you say gently, it's time to go? No, I thought maybe I'm crippling her. You're crippling her. You saved her. She would be dead. So, ah. I don't know. We have to wait for Shimon to recover to answer that question. That's that's out of the realm of my of my experience. I told her she could stay as long as I will never send back. This is what I told her. Okay, I, I don't think there's anything else to say. Let's just do a vote. Who thinks that that's a good answer? Turn around. Take a look. Okay. Okay. Halavai, everybody should get there. Yeah. I used to bring, remember I used to bring years ago. You, you miss this? Okay. We could any Monday night, Tuesday night, come down. Okay. All right. So I was told by the ladies, because the men aren't talking, that they just want to breathe. <gasps> okay. Um, I guess... Please tell me when you finish breathing. Is there a therapist in the house? Okay. Chevra. Um, are there any questions? I brought down Rabbanan many times, and I stopped bringing down Rabbanan because the beginning, we have a lot of, like, people had questions. And I once brought down a rub about five years ago. There were about 100 TP parents. It was quiet. I said, ask a question. Everybody's like, we don't have any questions. So, no questions? We have a question right here. Being that we're all in TP for a very long time. Being that we're all in TP for a very long time. How would you define success in TP? How would you define success in TP? Is that a good question? If your child is alive, I don't think I'm going to try. I'm going to the ladies have all the answers. The men have no idea what, what's going on. Okay, nothing new. So, um, oh, Reb Gedalia, please come sit next to me. <laughs> um, I don't know if it's really my place to answer that question. You know, you want to know what my vision is? What's my vision? Okay. So, when, when parents, when you've come to me, there were many, many problems. Some of your kids were physically in a matzah that we didn't know if they would live. And for that, our competition from the crisis center is boot camps, rehabs, trauma centers, psych wards. 
her, we, we're way more successful at keeping our kids alive than any of those places put together. her, we never had a suicide. When kids are never committing suicide, I don't want to say weekly because it's closer, it's more than that. And adults. So, so far, to have hundreds of kids that were that were suicidal or were very, very sick, to not have a suicide, is the first thing to keep kids alive. We all mourn as a family the losses that we had, which is devastating. Devastating. And in our group, a, a loss is not a statistic, is not a number. To lose, uh, to lose Malki, you know, and and to, and you know, it's devastating. The Goldmans, Bassi and Nachman, you know, he's our kid. And then we lost three other ones years later who were already what we will get to as a success which were already Shemitah Mitzvahs and thriving and diamonds. But still, statistically, the reality is five out of about 500, the psych wards don't have that success and the rehabs don't have that success and the, our, whatever the competition is, whoever the other guy is. So the first success is for those kids who were in a matzav of physical danger, emotional distress, psychiatric distress, with all the craziness, the stealing cars, the stealing, uh, bashing up cars, threatening violence, all the kids who were violent. We don't have any kids recycling themselves in the jail systems. You know how many Jewish kids jail, 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 jail? We've had one or two kids, right? But... We care for our kids. So we don't have kids going through the jail system. We have none in the jail system. We have none going, you know, in in that area. We have maybe 1% that really require psychiatric help. Maybe 2%. I don't think it's more than that. So I think I think that when when parents call me in that category, that would have sent their kids to four wins, and it's a year later, two years later, three years later, and their kid is alive and not suicidal and not depressed and and not severely out of it. I think that's 100% successful in every other program. And not in footsteps. And then the next success which we want, which is not any just emotional success, is that we really want to see our kids become not just unhealthy, you know, uh, suicidal. We want to see them thriving. We want to see them happy. We want to see them smile. We want to see them being a part of life. We want to see them have something to look forward to. We want to see them... We want to see them being having that sparkle in the eye. Now, I would say almost all of you 
have that. And I think that's very successful. Another aspect of success is that all these articles that we read about in the magazines about all of these terrorists that are disturbing the family chasanis and simchis and all these stories you hear out there how the fighting, the violence I have a friend that, that runs Shomrim in Flatbush they have 20, 20 trained Shomer members for domestic violence and they get called almost every single day for domestic violence domestic violence between parents and their teenagers and I said did you ever get a call from a TP parent? no so I think that's that's successful. Um, the next point is that you know having a child in crisis is horrible. You all know that. What it does to a family that's not secure, untrained, winging it devastates the other kids. Everybody's worried about the other kids. We are too about the hashba. Being in a family where mommy's crying all the time, daddy's angry all the time, or vice versa. So of course, of course that's, that's something that we want. We want calm, calm homes. So of course that's something that we, that we hope. That we, while, while the family goes through the crisis, what's the avira? The atmosphere of the family. Is it happy, or is it full of anxiety and tension? And the anxiety and tension is a lot worse. Plus, then you have the same bad hashpah. Then you have an enemy in the house. So all of that is not a way I would want to live. So I think that we have, by and large, very happy, calm homes. And then we can pay attention to the suffering of the siblings, because they are suffering, and we can pay attention to the younger ones and we can talk to them and, and do what we're supposed to do to raise them to have a Havas Yisrael. I met today a bunch of uh, skips, girl babysitters. There were about 10 of them. Your daughter was there. Your daughter was there. No, who else? Uh, your daughter was there. All right, right. Your daughter was there. And your daughter was there. And I said, your daughter was there, right? And... I said, and and my, my, my daughter came with me. And she asked them, do you feel that you're more mature than your, than your peers, your age? And they all raised their hands. Because they learned, they learned very sad lessons that we never wanted them to learn. They learned about really about how to deal with problems. They learned how to be wise. They learned how to deal with people who are in pain. They learned how to see pain how to treat pain. They learned so much and they will be better parents and spouses when, when they reach that, that age. Because they, they could understand that somebody can be so different. Oh, Mindy, I was just saying, well, we met them today and you asked them if they're more mature and they said yes. Right? And we asked them, and we ask all of you, your other kids should really join Mindy's sibling group for girls. Every Sunday. I sometimes I identify as a skip and I go on the group without anybody knowing. I identify as a teenage girl sometimes. It's a different session. You know what I'm saying? No. Don't judge me. He's judging. 
and uh, and it's, it's she's um, she's amazing. She's uh, she's really great, really. And we could expand from there. They wanted to do trips. They wanted to get together. They wanted a Shabbaton for siblings. I said, speak to Gedalia. You can pull off anything. It'll probably be with uh, Shlaim. You'll fly them to Maui or something, and we'll have the happiest uh, siblings in the world, which we need to. We need to make sure they're happy. Kesher Nafshi, sibling Shabbaton. Coming your way. Um, so there's, that's successful also. And that's the only path that we have to Yismachlev Mevakshe Hashem. If a person is in pain, and then everybody's looking down at them because they're not behaving the way the standards are and the expectations are, there's no bigger turnoff that's humanly possible. Let's keep the analogy in mind that I think that, you know, sometimes it makes it so clear that it's crystal clear. Imagine that your grandparents were all vegans. They thought eating meat is disgusting. Eating chicken, you know, chicken, it's a chicken. They have families, they have kids. I always wondered, at what age does, does a child realize chicken and chicken? You know, it's chicken soup. That's just the guy outside in hot water. I feel like that sometimes. Right? And at what point do they realize, you know, that this is like, you know, we kill so we can eat, right? So your grandparents, great-grandparents, your whole family finds it disgusting and all you eat is vegetables and whatever vegan people eat. I have no clue. Sushi, maybe. Soy. Everything that has no tam and no reach and... Smells like an, it tastes like a lulav, basically. And uh, you're very, very, it's a very small club. Very small club of people that are in this vegan, vegan club. Is vegan the same as vegetarian? Is it the same thing? Anybody? No. No. Okay, I don't know anything about this topic, so either vegan or vegetarian, whichever. Which one's worse? Vegan. Oh, so I picked the right one. Vegan. Vegan even think vegetarians are crazy. No, of course not. An egg is a future chicken. How could you eat a future chicken? No dairy because milk comes from the chicken. I always wondered who was the first guy to look at the bottom of a cow and say, Hey, I think we should squeeze that and drink what comes out of there. Very gutsy people they had in the olden days. We just take it for granted. But someone had to think of that. I would have been looking for the Coke machine, but they're like, Hmm, that looks good. Where was I? So, for those of you who are new, I am not Shimon Russell. <laughs> so, anyway, you have, you have children and grandchildren, everybody, the whole family. Nobody, it, nobody eats meat. It's disgusting. Nobody eats chicken. It's disgusting. Tayeva. Disgusting. And somehow... A family out there, a vegan vegetarian dynasty family. Okay? They end up with some chubby kid that just likes burgers. And for whatever reason, we don't know what his trauma was. He's just like, listen, mom, dad, you know, 
I get it. I, I know you only eat, you know, carrots for lunch and celery for supper and other soy things that look like different foods that are not really those foods. And I appreciate that, but I want a cheeseburger. I just like cheese and burgers. I like steak. I like chicken. What advice would you give to that family? What would you tell them? Would you tell them, he's 15 years old, she's 15 years old, and they won't, she won't subscribe to become a vegetarian, a vegan like your family? You know what I think you should do? Throw her out of the house. That will give her a love for veganism. That's sure to change her mind, because after being out there on the street, for sure she's going to say, hey, I think I was wrong, and I'm going to stop eating meat and become a veganist person because I really like my home. Would you advise, would anybody advise parents to do that? No. You would tell the parents, listen parents, I don't know what's going to be with your kid, but if you ever have a Havamina, that maybe this kid will decide one day to appreciate your idea that you are less than 1% of the world that appreciates this and that they will resubscribe to appreciating that this is the better way to live your life the one piece of advice we would all give them is don't make it a trauma don't use that to ruin your life and your relationship because then they have no bechira they will never choose veganism. You'll, you're turning it into a trauma. Oh, but I'm not going to give her money if she's going to buy beef. Sorry, buddy. That's not a good plan. Oh, well, they can't have chicken in my house. Well, only carrots and celery. Sorry, we all realize very clearly, not a winning strategy. Rabbi say we're less probably less of us than vegans or vegetarians in the world. We're very few Erlich and Frum And all we want is that our children should be Erlich and Frum. We're not going to talk about why they're off because we don't have time. Trauma, abuse, da-da-da-da-da-da. Bottom line, if you then are going to be merachik them in the name of whatever it is, you're only causing that they will never be able to subscribe, resubscribe to this wonderful thing that you think is so beautiful. It makes it a trauma. I, I couldn't be Shema Shabbos, so they, they, it turned, my house turned into communist Russia. I get calls all the time. Remember some of you before you met me? They shut my electricity, they shut the Wi-Fi, they break my phone, they this... Once you're in a war with your child, you can win the war. But you can't change their mind. And eventually they're going to just develop such a hatred at anything that's, that you're using to fight them. Rav Steinman Zatzal, that's what he told me. When I asked him, and in two seconds you could understand the mindset of a gadol. Rav Steinman Zatzal told me, I said, should they... Should they fight with their kid who's Mechal Shabbos? He said, what's that going to accomplish? They're just going to hate Shabbos, and then they're going to hate the parents. And we have 4,000, over 4,000 stories that are the same.
There are many smart people, they have seichel, but no bina. Gedolim have bina. Someone with just chachma. I have a problem, my kid's on the phone. Break the phone, solve the problem, have a nice day. But they're going to get another phone tomorrow. Then I'll use my chachma again. I'll, get, I'll break it again, solve the problem. Bina is slightly different. Saying we have a problem. We can't overpower people. Communist Russia fell, and we're not any stronger than that. You know what it says in Chazal? Unbelievable Russian of Chazal. I said, I said this at group. I quoted it word for word here. I don't have it. I'm not prepared. So I can make it up. Hashem did many unbelievable things to show His strength. From the beginning of the world, Hashem did many things. He destroyed the world by the Mabel. He did many things. He overturned. He destroyed so much of the world to show the might of Hashem. Says the Kedush HaSlevi, quoting Chazal, I believe it comes from an Arizal, I'm not sure. So interesting. He didn't make one Balchuva. Not one person said, Whoa! This God, so strong, I want to be under Him. Avram Avinu was Avram Avinu. He was born Avram Avinu. He found Hashem. Other than that, nobody. Why by the Mabel? How come nobody decided to hop on the ship? After Stoyim Vahamayra, there were some other places. Why didn't the rest of the world do tshuva? Says the Kedusha Slevi, from strength, from threats, you think you're stronger than God? Not one Baal tshuva. He says, you know when we became Baal tshuva? By Mitzrayim. This week's Parsha. Hashem went ahead, took us before we did tshuva, and He defended us, and He killed our oppressors, our molesters, our abusers. And He turned over the world, B'ni B'chayri Yisrael, when we were Amem Teshari Tumah. Unconditional pride. Unconditional, I will fight for you, I am on your side, without tshuva. And then, He did the one thing that we are all davening for. He gave us money. <laughs> right? That's why one of the questions they say, If He would have given us the money and not split the water, so everybody asks, what do you mean? What good would that be? We would have the money and then the Mitzrayim would kill us. So my own pshat was, I said, it's true, but we would have died happy. They say from the Baisis rule, the Gai Rebbe said, With money you could split the sea also. So he gave us money. He gave us money. And then we saw our pain dead, our Shibud, the people who oppressed us. Everybody saw the Mitzri that hurt him. You know what I mean? Everybody saw the abuser that hurt him. Everybody saw the principal that threw him out. Everybody saw the Rebbe that slapped him. It's unbelievable. And then, Memtesh still, all of that happened. And then they went up, up, up to the highest level. From gits, from giving good, comes up. 
from threatening, screaming, destroying, says the Kedusha Slavi, not one person ever thought about coming to be a part of our religion. One more point. These parshas are unbelievable, and we could talk forever, but we're not going to do that. Raise your hand if when you came to me, your child appreciated you. Raise your hand if now, after three years of TP, your child appreciates you. Beautiful. Why? More than the other kids, usually. Hashem rescued us by We saw them dead. We saw the Yad Agdoila, Asha Osa Hashem, Bimitzrayim. So the Nesiva Shalom says, wait, it's out of order. First we saw the Yad Hashem, Asha Osa Hashem, Bimitzrayim, and then Vayar Yisrael, Asha Mitzrayim, Mezel Svasayom. First we saw what Hashem did to the Mitzrayim, and then we saw them dead. Why is it out of order? So the Nesiva Shulam says, such a Yisoid that carries us. When it came to Dam, Makov Dam, Hashem did something unbelievable. Unbelievable. It's crazy, right? You know how much we appreciated it? Zero. No appreciation for Dam. You know why? I'm still in pain. I'm still enslaved. If I'm in jail and I'm trapped and I'm in pain and you're and I look out the window and I see you hurting, very nice, but I'm still trapped. Svardeya, cute. Zero appreciation. All the makis, no appreciation. Kriyas Yamsuf, how many of you did Kriyas Yamsuf for your children? That you carried them through the darkness by Yabasha? Maybe your feet were muddy, but you made sure they were not, their, their feet were not muddy. Their feet were in very expensive shoes and boots. <laughs> And you carried them, like the Ebish to carried us. Kriya Syamsuf, the water went up, and we said, wow. Zero. No appreciation. Couldn't care less. Mitzrayim is about to chase us. We have no idea what's going to happen tomorrow. The molester's still on the run. He, didn't, he wasn't arrested, or he didn't kill himself yet. And you never know what's going to be. Until they're dead. That's what he says. Zero. No appreciation. After, Vayar Yisrael es Mitzrayim meis, all of a sudden they said, wow, do you realize all this time, all these weeks, all these years, do you remember what? Mommy, how did you do that when I called you three o'clock in the morning and you said, sure, Tati will go pick you up. <laughs> Remember the time I took your car without your permission? I bashed it up. It was car number 13. And you said, Shefala, the main thing is that you're safe. Cars, we can, we can fix. The main thing is you're safe. They start to come out of a fog. After they come out of this, they start to realize, looking back for years, how did you do that? Remember when you, I remember you came from Muncie to right, Brooklyn. Went back over the George Washington Bridge. You turned back to Brooklyn and then back to Muncie, right? 
Right. Appreciation, years later. Because that's human nature. You can't appreciate anything when you're in pain. When they get out of pain, Be'ezus Hashem, they will appreciate you. And they'll realize what parents you are. So many kids say, and, and, and one of our dear TP parents' child said it the best, told his father, because of you, I don't want to have kids. What? For the opposite reason. He said, I can never be a father like you. True story. All my stories are true. <laughs> You're mamish like the most incredible people I have ever met. You're facing the world with such pain and such difficulty and you're walking in the ways of Hashem and you're doing all of that stuff that everybody else knows about you're supposed to love your kids no matter what Hashem loved us all the shmuzin and all the stuff you make it come to life every single day Ashrecha Yeah, that's you're weird. And we, and, we, and we had a good relationship, but after I took the training, there were certain things that I understood in a way that I didn't have to say anything or do anything different, but my kids picked up on that, and my daughter, who was away for eight years, moved home, and a lot of things changed. And every one of my kids turned... Baruch uh, Hashem. Yeah. TP Black Belt Mom right here. Unbelievable. People say... I'll repeat it on the microphone. They're worried about the siblings and the Einiglich. I should open my phone. I have 48 texts. I'll be right with you. Something very nice here. They are amazing people. And their entire family loves, loves somebody who so many other families would have thrown out like disposable our children are not disposable. And you parents go to sleep at night. Ruyig, we are doing Ratzon Hashem. We have a path. Be'ezus Hashem will be successful. There's nothing to argue about. There's nothing to fight about. Nobody's dying. We never lost a TP parent yet, Baruch Hashem. Some of you came in bent over in pain. Baruch Hashem, you're smiling. And Hashem, Mirz Hashem, will help you all. Yismach Lev. All your kids should be zaycha to walk down to that beautiful, beautiful aisle to a chupa kedas moishiv yisrael.